back to Fight Capital, where we enter the ring of combat sports business. I'm your host, Ryan Rappaport. Today, I'm joined by Alex Crossland. Alex is a visual storyteller teller, and marketing maverick. He has been crafting narratives through captivating images across the world and pioneering content marketing for over a decade. Alex has collaborated with brands like Onyx Sports, Rome, and Outside Inc., and his insatiable curiosity always leads the way as he continues to push the boundaries of creative storytelling. Today, he's in front of the camera, and I'm stoked to have him here. How are you doing, Alex, and where are you joining from? Doing well, man. I'm joining from Boulder, Colorado. I know you're, you're busy out there working with a lot of the, the teams, and really, like when I dive into all your work, you've had a really diverse and wide-ranging career in content production, but you can just talk a little bit about initially how you got behind the camera and what drew you to it. Yeah, I'll do my best, man. Uh, just forewarning, though, I'm not media trained. <laughs> Most of the podcasts I do never make it. Uh, so I'll do my best to keep it on the level, but I'll be professional. Uh, what did, how did I arrive at content production? Dude, I'm just a redneck from uh, Colorado. I grew up in rural Colorado and uh, I grew up working on farms and stuff like that. And um, I figured out how to sell. Uh, and then I figured out that I, uh, I wanted to go to college. I went to college and I figured out finance and accounting, figured out consulting, and then decided I hated banking. So I sold everything I owned, moved home from New York and bought cameras and started working with fighters. Um, I'd been training jujitsu for a few years in New York and um, that just opened up a bunch of doors when I came back to Colorado. So how I landed in content, I have no idea. How I started <laughs> making things, not really sure, but here I am. In our, our previous conversation, tra training at Henzo Gracie's in New York, that seemed yeah. to have like a, a pretty big uh, piece of your story and how you got into the kind of the martial arts practice of it. But how did that influence your perspective and help you start creating that content for combat sports? Oh, it was everything, man. Jiu-Jitsu saved my life. Uh, I am a walking, talking cliche. Uh, had it not been for Jiu-Jitsu, opening doors that I never thought would be opened and taking me places I never thought I'd go, introducing me to people I never thought I'd meet, I wouldn't be here. Um, I just walked into Henzo's. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what it was. I just started training. And uh, I guess what jujitsu taught me is that I can learn anything. I can get good at anything. Yeah, you just got to show up. I know that probably fed the storytelling. And obviously, that's a huge part of your creative ethos. I mean, how do you approach telling the stories for people like Justin Gaethje, Chepe, Machine Gun, Rose Namajunas, especially in like an intense sport like MMA? Just, just be present. Um, authenticity is everything. So you just kind of put the camera on them and let them do what they do best. Um, yeah, I just I just get a little too close and follow them, follow them for a little too long. And that seems to bring out a piece of their character that we don't normally get to see. And it's just putting the lens on them and uh, letting uh, the most authentic parts of themselves shine. So, and you get a lot of that just through training. Yeah, I'm sure having to understand the sport. And we had uh, Shorty Torres on last weekend. It was so funny. Obviously, mm -hmm. I was messaging you. I was like, oh, Shorty's there. He's, he's coming on. <laughs> he, he was uh, singing your praises, man, and, and gave a pretty good look into Fight Dope as well. Can you just talk a little bit about Fight Dope and how you see that brand evolving? Yeah, I've known Shorty for a long time. I met him through TJ Dillashaw. We, uh, TJ flew a couple guys out. He flew out Shorty, flew out a uh, kid named Chepe. And uh, I met them all training at Muscle Farm. 
And uh, this is like six, seven years ago, I started something called uh, Fighters Project. And the whole idea was like, I was just going to go in with fighters and showcase their personalities ahead of um, highly publicized uh, fights. And I would just get an angle of what it means to be a fighter that people weren't seeing a perspective. Nowadays, everybody's doing it. You know, the UFC does a good job of doing it. And then there's like, you know, two, three guys out there that are really doing it at a high level. Um, but yeah, that was the original like idea behind Fighters Project is just to go hang out with fighters and show a side, an intimate side of their preparation ahead of fights. Um, but Fight Dope is something that we uh, uh, that we decided to rebrand. It's uh, It's actually... Um, it's a term from like the 1930s. It means fight news. Uh, it means like that hot, you got the fight you got that hot, you got that fight dope on Marvin Hagler. You got the fight dope on Ali. It's like what's old boxing heads would say to each other when they'd run into each other in the gyms and in between, uh, fight promotions. So I actually got it from a boxing head. I couldn't figure out what to name it, but I knew I wanted to take guys out of the gym and instead of shadowing them in between fights and in their preparation, I would get them out of the gym and take them to go conquer their fears. So the whole idea is like fight culture in motion, but really I just want to take guys out to go do fun shit. So like I took Brandon Roy Val and some guys from factor X, including shorty uh, skydiving with some uh, Red Bull athletes. And then uh, I uh, grabbed shorty and Curtis and we pushed Curtis on the, on the roller coasters here in Denver. Um, so we're doing shit like that. Uh, it's it's evolving. We're we're figuring out different ways to get guys out of the gym to go do fun shit, um, and the channel itself is evolving. But the whole idea is just fight culture in motion. I mean, short term fun, conquer your fears, go do fun shit. Long term, I would like to s explore some of the cultural roots of martial arts themselves. What's interesting is that you you have this kind of unfiltered access, right, with like Mark Latoya. Yeah. Um, and his teams and obviously everything you've done with Onyx Sports. But can you just talk about some of those unique challenges that you run into when you're working with these athletes? And, you know, how are you overcoming those challenges as you run into them? Well, what do you mean challenges? Well, you mean like, what's it like dealing with barn cats? <laughs> yeah, exactly. a headache. But most of them are pretty fucking cool. Like super chill, super down. Kind of depends on when you catch them. If you catch them early on in their career, if you catch them on an upward trajectory, or if you just catch them after training, everybody's pretty chill. I mean, they're probably too tired to be annoyed with me, but I, I had access before Onyx Sports by way of jiu-jitsu, and um, I don't know how I got access. I don't know how it happens. It just kind of flows, man. I meet people, and we click, or we don't. I don't look like most uh, filmmakers. I don't look like most photographers. You know, I'm big. I'm like 6'3", 210, 215. Um, I've been training martial arts my whole life and, uh, I just, uh, I like being around fighters. I like their mentality. I like their mindset. I feed off of it. I gravitate towards people when I travel the world fighters or not, they could be painters that have that mindset. And I just cling to them. I like it. I like being around it. I like the conversations we have. I like our outlook and I like working with guys like that. It's easy. It's like, Hey man, you want to do this thing? We can make money in this way. We can make this it would be cool. Uh, could have this kind of effect, blah, 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 blah. And since pretty much everything I'm doing on my end of things and the media marketing side of things is helping them, it's kind of a no brainer. Everybody says no. And then on top of that, it's like, Hey, you want to go skydiving? Not really, but okay. You know? Okay, cool. Let's go do it.
Yeah. And that's what has me excited about Fight Dope. Cause I think from the perspective of an, a casual fan, you don't really get to experience a lot of the athlete's personality. I mean, you see everything on social media, mm. anything the UFC or some other fight league co- puts out content wise, but you never really get to experience the athlete and that personality. And the authenticity of them obviously speaks out through their work. But peeling back another layer of that onion and showing the people and like the actual. Uh, what's driving them and just them having fun, I think is a really cool approach there. Yeah. It's hard to get, it's hard to get fighters to come out of their shell in the UFC promotion machine. And it's hard to get a, it's hard to get a sense of who they are outside of fighting because most of them don't have personalities outside of fighting. And a lot of them have like a particular type of charisma. It's what makes them good at their sport, their art. Um, But getting them to show that is uh, it's a formula I haven't quite figured out for everyone. Everybody's different. You get the right people around them, you put them in the right environment. Next thing you know, you're seeing a part of them that you wouldn't otherwise see. You wouldn't have known. I see it with them. I interact with them. I see it's, it's, but getting that on camera is a whole nother beast. And, uh, yeah, I think a lot of guys are doing a good job of that though. I think that the, uh, it's interesting to see the UFC grow in the way that it has. It's no longer taboo. Um, COVID has just brought so many different viewers to the sport because it was the only thing on TV. And now everyone I talk to is like, they're into the fight gossip. They're into the preparation. They want to know things. A lot of, a lot of people are actually, it's kind of funny because a lot of people gravitate towards the negativity and a lot of the talk, but, um, I've seen, I've seen and met a lot of people at this point that are making content around the sport at a high level. And I love it. I love to see it. So I hope to create a a channel that is somewhat of a niche channel where I can aggregate all these personalities and even creators onto it to make things that inspire people. So it's, it's the, yeah, inspire or make you laugh or go fuck yourself. That's pretty much it. Yeah. (laughs) Talking about inspiration. I think you've done uh, a really good job in not just showing the uh, actual physical part about, but the whole kind of culture behind it. And one of the things that I know you're involved in is the guardian project, uh, yeah. that nonprofit organization. And I think it, that really highlights your passion for martial arts and making it accessible. Can you just talk a little bit about that and that impact that your work and content production is having on that? I mean, I don't know what kind of impact I, th- I think, uh, there's a, there's a kid named Calder powers. He's the creative director. He's doing most of the content now. Um, I don't know how or why, but at some point he saw what I was doing. He liked it. We had a couple conversations about how he, he could get started. And there's, I mean, there's two kids I've bumped into in the combat sports world that are killing it. He's one of them, Calder Powers, creative director at Guardian. Uh, the kid just picked up a camera and his storytelling has evolved every time he hits record. Um, and then there's another kid, uh, Terrence Whitman. Terrence came into Onyx, took over from what I was doing. And it's just leveled up on every single piece of content he's put out since then. And Guardian is a nonprofit organization. It started in Oakland. It teaches kids martial arts around the world for free. Um, we set up shops in Baltimore, Peru, Los Angeles, Bay Area, East Bay. Uh, fuck, man, everywhere. Um, if you it, like, if you know anybody too, that's another thing. Is if you know anybody that wants to have a program like guardian where you can bring in kids and have a model where the, the memberships pay for themselves, where you can sponsor kids and get them on the mat. Cause we all know how much martial arts helps kids, especially these days. Um, then yeah, that's, that's the model. 
I, my, I think my, my favorite work of yours I've seen is all of the photos you did in, was it Mongolia, right? With yeah. uh, the, the Guardian Project out there and all the judo yeah. guys. And that was like really raw, really kind of baseline, but also speaks to the, the international and kind of spiritual culture of martial arts. And, you know, if you just, you know, put all those people in one other room here, you wouldn't know anything of much of a difference of what they're doing and who's competing other than the fact that they're in Mongolia. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I went with a guy named David Clehan. David uh, introduced jujitsu to the country of Mongolia, and he runs all of the Half Gracie academies um, in the Bay Area. I met him through Guardian. Uh, he's man, he's helped us so much with different events, and uh, he took basically him and his wife, who's Mongolian, took me out to Mongolia, and we just toured the country. We went to an international jujitsu tournament. Uh, we visited her family. We met people of all walks of life. We visited different academies around the country. And yeah, I'll, I, I basically just followed them around with a camera. It was really easy. I know that you're probably on the kind of cutting edge of trying to get this content out there. Are there any new kind of like innovation or approaches that you're looking to introduce to help uh, rise the level of content creation for combat sports? Yeah, man, just delivery, delivery of content is everything, getting stuff, um, presenting stuff in a, in a systematic and synchronistic way seems to help, uh, just staying on the cutting edge of how to deliver content in a meaningful way, an impactful way, something that has organic reach and engagement, uh, is everything. But I think the key driver of that is authenticity. So, um, authentically being able to move in and out of these different gyms with fighters and put cameras on guys who are comfortable in being themselves in front of the camera. Uh, and then, yeah, I think like when I put them in different environments with different people, I get a piece of the personality I wouldn't otherwise uh, see. Authenticity, everyone, and from the, the marketing and branding people to the athletes, to the uh, lawyers. I mean, everyone, the one thing and everyone it falls in love with the sport for is the authentic nature of the people, yeah. kind of the rawness that comes along with the territory. I mean, it's one of the things that sucked me into it. Let's let's talk some bullshit, dude. Let's talk about fighting for real. Let's talk about these <laughs> these fucking barn cats who play punch face every day. These fucking psychos, dude. It's easy. You put a camera on them and they just they do what they do. You just got to push them in the right directions and poke them sometimes. Sometimes play with them, kick them, punch them, get kicked, get punched. But yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's like what they, everyone shows, what you see, you know, the strong Strickland, you know, the, the kind of like verbiose and him, all the shit he's talking. And then you peel it back and he's like, oh shit, this is a real sensitive person. There's like all oh, this footage of him hiking now and like him loving on his girlfriend and like mm. him crying and talking about his past. And there's just so much depth there. Now they're showing it that he's won. They're like, oh, well, he's champion now. So let's show a little bit more. <laughs> That's good PR. <laughs> But it's, it's one of those, I mean, they had all that footage the whole entire time, right? And they're just sitting on that to uh, help try to bo bolster him now. But they didn't seem that interested in it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he's a fun one. He's a good example of like, so I straddle this world of the outdoor adventure space and combat sports, and they couldn't be any more different. One of them is authentic, say what you want. There's all these factions of different ideas and what have you, but it's mostly don't censor me, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, all these things, right? The other side is the antithesis of that. Very reactive, very scared, um, and adopts pretty much any sort of collective guilt you throw onto it. Whereas the other side just rejects it, you know, individualism to the fullest. 
Uh, Sean's a good example of basically I'm in these meetings and I'm a part of these different initiatives and activations where these companies are very reactive to what's happening in the news cycle uh, and whatever sort of, I guess, like, what's a good example of that? It's like stuff comes down the pipeline where people are reacting to, um, I, I don't know, some sort of like fear mongering, but it all has politics behind it and ideology behind it. And they're very reactive and fearful and they embrace whatever comes down and say, okay, cool. This is our initiative. Now this is our, this is our stance. We have to be activists in the thing that we're doing. Uh, and I'm in these meetings trying to convince these people. No, you don't. In fact, there's more money if you push against it because the other side's bigger and they're, you, you can just see that they're rewarding different people who have ideas that are more congruent with, I don't know. I don't know if I, I guess individualism, uh, even traditional American viewpoints, I guess, but I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, it's funny to be in both worlds where one fully don't tell me anything. Can't tell me nothing. Um, it's work hard every day, get up, do your best. And then the other side is just very reactive activists. Um, it's just, you can see where the money's going. You can see who's making more money. You can see who, where the growth is. And yeah, I guess my point is, is just kind of, it's funny being in these meetings, trying to convince people like, actually, there's more money if you don't embrace this. There's more money if you just stay the course and keep putting out content that resonates with people to keep telling stories that make people feel something kind of a thing, you know? Yeah, people get caught up in the news cycle. I think that's what it comes down to. And there's a lot of things that you may have heard of three, four months ago that are still issues, but they're not being talked across across all channels, right? So mm -hmm. uh, I think it's the same way with these athletes, Kamar Usman, who, you know, one second, one second changes his whole kind of brand partnership outlook, his money making outlook. And then he's just kind of swept. But what did that guy do in between there and that, right? It's, uh, I, I know one of the things that kind of pissed me off is after that, he lost a lot of brand partnerships. And what is mm -hmm. that? It kind of speaks to some of the mindsets that are in there and supporting the ecosystem. I know there's a lot of great ones out there, but you still got to beware because there are people who are just on it for that ride. And then when that ride is over, or when it's slowing down or it's going up an incline, not everyone's staying on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. What are you talking about with Camaro? So Camaro lost and I guess his partnerships kind of faded. Yeah, he had a couple brand partners that were just like washing their hands the next day. It's not um, because of something he said, just be, just because of the loss, right? Just because of the loss, man. Yeah, well, yeah. that makes sense because, you know, the UFC is a, it's a marketing machine. And just by being associated with the champion, you are associated with this marketing machine. I mean, you benefit by what by product of with the things that they put out on a regular basis. So when you're not the face of a weight class, then sure. Yeah. I mean, business-wise, it makes sense. Um, yeah. I don't think that probably resonates with most people that watch the sport like you or me that see that and are turned away from that. Like, fine, I won't buy your fucking watch. Like, you're not even going to see it out for the ride. I mean, that's half the reason why Whitman's smiling in those fights is because he knows, no, okay, cool. Now my champion gets to rise again. Well, there's more to the story. It wasn't, this wasn't the art. Like you said, the casual fan won't necessarily pick up that stuff, but that's why yeah. the, having these type of conversations are important. And one of the things that's kind of blown me away is how many people who aren't your, who are your casual fans or even maybe a step behind that 
they're mm-hmm. looking at this and be like, oh, I don't know that, or I didn't know that was a thing, or I didn't know this person. So I, that's one why I'm enjoying doing this because it's like, okay, I'm just going to peel back, open that curtain a little bit so you can see what's powering this, what those attitudes are, and who the people are that are making this industry. It's not just the fighters, obviously the fighters or whatever everyone's there to see, but this is a, a pretty complex and not a massive ecosystem, but a complex one for sure. Yeah, definitely. I love what you've been doing, man. You've been pulling back the curtain, talking to people that I've known and bumped into in the world of combat sports. And you're right. I mean, it's the fighters come first. The fighters are everything. Um, without the fighters, there is no fight. Uh, but there are a lot of people behind the scenes helping them get to where they are, capitalizing on the moment that they have. Um, creating things that capture people's attention, hearts and minds and gets them to open their wallets to buy pay-per-views and t-shirts and fucking everything else, you know? So yeah, man, it's cool. It's cool to see well, you do. I'm glad someone's doing it. And how can anyone who wants to follow your work engage with uh, supporting that and where can they find you? Just follow us at Fight Dope. Um, buy a t-shirt, support the fighters. Uh, that's part. big part of what we're doing is uh, creating apparel that we feel like people would want to wear so that they can support the guys they see on the channel. Um, and all the normal shit, like subscribe, ring the bell, all the, all of it, you know, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, everywhere. Um, uh, we are distributing content across platforms. Well, I gotta say, I think you sold yourself a little short cause I think this is going to yeah. be a good one. Despite what you were saying in the beginning, bro, you deliver a good interview and, uh, I know people are gonna cool. love it. Cool. Thanks. Man. Appreciate you, man. Likewise.